0: Welcome to Shardcast, the Brandon Sanderson podcast. <laughs> We're a bunch of mega fans giving you the news discussion and, of course, a whole lot of opinions about Brandon's works and the Cosmere. I'm Eric, and joining me is Ian. Hey, I'm Weaver Also joining us is Jesse.
1: Hello, I am Lady Laness, and I have got a little bit of show and tell today. Okay. Because I actually did crocheting projects for yes, the first time. you did. Pretty much since. I moved to the US, uh, and I finally finished this little Pooh Bear! It's so cute! (laughs) For about three months, he has been sitting as a blank head and body with no (laughs) arms, no legs, no ears or face, so so now he's a happy little Pooh Bear who sits on my shelf behind my computer. That and you barely kid. get to see because Eric kicks me out of the room. That's it. true. Oh. That's true. No. <laughs>
0: well, now I just feel awful.
1: <laughs> and he sits. Yes. I,
0: I made oh, him sit. Oh, nice. Nice. Also joining us is Rosemary. Hey, what's up?
2: Hello, everyone. I am Myth, And I have my show and tell. So... I have my my paperback copy of Alloy of I've got a hardback up on the, uh-huh. on the shelves back there, but uh, it's not as impressive as as Jesse's weird copy of Aloe of <laughs> Yes, the but destroyed this one. This yeah. is this is the actual physical book that bit me and turned me into a writer. Um, Ooh, nice! I, I, it, it, it like Konami coded my brain <laughs> and changed it and. Damn you, Brandon. So at JordanCon, I went and I went over to Isaac Stewart and I asked him to uh, draw teeth on the side. It's a bit just as
0: as bitey as as I experienced it. So nice. That's adorable. Adorable. And last but absolutely not least, uh, is the amazing Murphy Napier. How's it going? Welcome!
3: Hey, you got my name. So many people say Napier when they Oh yeah, 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 when they guess on the pronunciation. But that was correct. Great job. Oh that's uh, yes, like Kelsey. Yeah. I I just I tease my husband about it because he's like, we are not French. And I'm like
4: <laughs> It's true. NAPA. That's true.
3: Napier.
4: anyway. I'm Murphy.
3: <laughs> that's a great introduction. Uh, I'm from the channel Murphy Napier. I have a YouTube channel.
1: Awesome. I don't have any show and tell.
0: That's fine. You you are. I am told you you're moving. You are the show and tell. So you are exactly the show and tell. Mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm.
1: You should tell us about your channel.
0: Yes. Give us a tell pitch. Us about, tell us about your channel.
1: I talk about
3: books and sometimes manga. <laughs> and
0: and your your One Piece videos Avatar. go very well.
3: Man, yeah. Uh, so I have been enjoying One Piece so much because I love dissecting a book and really getting into mm-hmm. it. And One Piece fans love that really in-depth, exhaustive nice. discussion. So do Sanderson fans. So I get to, yep. when I finish a Sanderson book, I get to just spend 30 minutes just talking about the details. And that's one of my favorite things about reviewing Sanderson because most books, if I try to have an in-depth discussion, nobody watches the video. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I love discussing Sanderson because the fans are like, yes, let's discuss.
0: <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. And... That's exactly what we're going to do today, because (laughs) we are going to talk about Mistborn Era 2, because Murphy, you were reading Era 2 for the first time, and you've literally finished bands days ago.
3: Uh, Yeah, like two days ago.
0: So I thought we would go through, uh, so obviously Mistborn Era 2 spoilers, and and probably missport era 1 spoilers as well. Uh, but we're we're just going to do like general thoughts, we're going to talk about our thoughts, feelings. We we all uh for the rest of us we reread era 2, uh, which in my case was desperately needed. And we'll just talk about how uh we we felt about things. We'll get into the characters and that's what we'll do.
4: Quick question. Yes. Secret have you read Secret History?
0: No, it's okay. not.
4: Okay. Noted. No, no spoilers
2: okay. on that.
0: She does know about Kelsier because of rhythm. Well, War.
3: yeah. I mean, it's revealed in this book. Yeah. But yes, yeah. I, I knew about it before this book
0: too. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, Murphy, what did you think of Era Two?
3: I I really really enjoyed, especially books two and three. It was definitely a tough start and i think that's largely because well i guess i should preface it by saying i did read book 1 this was technically a reread i mm. read book 2 immediately after finishing i mean i read alloy immediately after finishing era 1 years ago and mm-hmm. um i liked it but i never felt compelled to continue and then you you know through the years i read a lot of different books and pretty much dumped the information so technically i've read book 1 twice but i it was like reading at one time um so book one it is hard to adjust your expectations because you know era one is like apocalyptic it's dark it's gritty uh it's sanderson level gritty not rub your face in it gritty but like very heavy tones and then era two is like campy and lighthearted and fun and we've got some heavy things we're doing here and there but really let's have a good time and yeah. like not the type of fantasy I read I don't like have a good time fantasy I want the darker deeper tones so you know I didn't care (laughs) at first and uh I thought it was good I enjoyed it but I wouldn't have continued with the series if it wasn't just like Sanderson's one of my favorite authors I want to see what he's gonna do and I'm so glad I continued because it got really good
2: Yeah, there's definitely some tonal whiplash if you jump straight from Era 1 into Era 2. And it works for some people, but not for others. And then you add into the fact that Alloy of Law, because it started out as a writing exercise for Sanderson to clear his mind before finishing uh, Wheel of Time. And then it turned into a short story. And then he turned the short story into a novel. So the pacing is just really weird in the book to begin with. and it's. It, it it doesn't catch everybody me i'm yeah. kind of steampunk nerd so you dash a little bit of steampunk into mistborn and and i'm i'm on cloud nine so it it's not hard to make me happy but <laughs> but for a lot of people making that transition is difficult especially if you don't read something else in between right yes very so. true
3: which i've heard that book one of era one was originally a standalone that he later turned into a series is that true
0: that is not true he wrote uh, all three uh, all at once before he published the first one he always planned Correct. it to be a trilogy but he did make it feel standalone-y like there's definitely you know it's a complete story but with sequel hooks for more Which so i think it's did. really well there yeah
3: and he did that with final empire too it stands on its own very well it's
0: just oh sorry
2: you you said era once that's what we thought we were you were talking about oh yeah Um, so so
0: you alloy as a standalone uh yeah yeah, (laughs) that that is weird because i think he always intended that there would be sequels um
4: not while he was writing it he kind of like finished alloy and it's like okay like now I'm going to plot a trilogy with these characters.
3: Okay. Yeah. And I feel like it reads that way.
4: Yeah. I think yeah. that
3: kind of yeah. was partially why I disconnected too, because I'm a character reader and I adore Sanderson's character work so much. And there's so many characters in Stormlight and in Mistborn and in the Skyward first, first two books that it's just like I latch on to his characters. And with Alloy, they all, most of them felt really, you know, surface in the first book. And I was just mm-hmm. like, I don't even have a person to hang on to to get me into book two. But I mean, that changed.
0: Yeah.
2: And I don't think he was also kind of experimenting trying to develop new voices because Wayne was a very new voice, Mm -hmm. new character voice for him in Mm -hmm. in Alloy. And and you know, the writing exercise piece of it really shone through. And then do you know Mm -hmm. the story of what happened with the next how he wrote the next two books? So So (laughs) he goes (laughs) he goes into writing, starting to try to write Shadows of Self. And Mm then and you know, we don't hear about this till afterwards when he tells us so I had a little trouble getting back into these characters. So I wrote the sequel to get me warmed up. Surprise! You're getting two books instead of one.
4: Yeah, because <laughs> it's like nice he reason. he wrote. Yeah, he wrote half of Shadows, like between drafts of Wheel of Time, and then he he had to stop, which is really hard on him. Like he needs to like finish a book straight through. So it was easier just to write bands. <laughs> And then go write the rest of Shadows.
3: Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, surprise, you got to work.
3: Yeah. Knowing the story behind Alloy, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I can see it.
2: Knowing the the story behind Shadows, I'm like, no, it feels cohesive. It feels strong. It's great. There was enough space in between those, though, that he developed so much as a writer. Wheel of Time really, really did a lot of, of developing his skills. And and then the fact I think that he was able to run both of those books like through editing almost simultaneously made him made it so that he could really get them to match up and and complement each other. Well,
0: I think like the only way you'd know that's like, oh, wow, Brandon wrote two Mistborn books is because one came out in October 2015. And then the other one was like very early 2016. It's like, oh, that's not normal. Yeah,
2: right, and right. then and then he then he tossed Secret History at us about the same time yep. as bands. Yeah, I heard
3: that. I yeah. heard about no, that. no, it, it was actually the same.
2: Both read Secret History after bands,
1: right?
0: He, that hmm. is typically that is what he recommended oh, at the time.
1: Huh. Mm-hmm. There, there... I, I disagree with this yeah it, it, it i think really... it's better to read at the end of <laughs> era one because i read it after bands and i had no idea what ha- like what was going on in secret history i was like i don't remember era, era One, one well enough oh. to to so, like follow this book um so and I like, have... when i first read Missborn, like that's where i started and i just went through all of Missborn before moving on to anything else so i didn't understand the cosmere i knew it existed but i didn't understand the cosmere i didn't understand Cosmere connections or like how anything really worked and yeah there's just like so much to keep in mind across both those series to then go back and shove something like somewhere else and I was like yeah I had no idea like I could not follow secret history very well I enjoyed it but like rereading it I was like wow this is what it must have been like if I had read this after like Hero of Ages so yeah. I very much disagree with the read it after bands, but that's just me uh, I am of a very particular school of thought on this and then it intends enti- it depends
2: entirely on where the reader is coming from. If you are someone who doesn't really care about spoilers or is not the sort of person who catches those details, uh, then you can go ahead and read Secret History right after you've finished Era 1. But if you do not like to be spoiled on any little detail and you are already deep into the mysteries and things, then you should wait until after you've read Bands of Mourning. Um, I see a lot of people recommending strongly one way or another, but I think it really depends on who you're talking about and what their personal preferences are. And for some people, maybe the best thing to do is read Era 2 and then go back and reread Era 1 before Secret <laughs> History to make it all fit. Yeah. Some people are going to be like, that's the way to do it. So it it just, yeah. I don't like trying to recommend definitively one way or another when it just depends really so much on the individual reader's preferences True.
4: yeah yeah that's the the trouble of like the perfect reading order is that yeah it depends is that it doesn't individuals exist. are so different <laughs> yep
1: yeah 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 definitely with reading order like i do what you were just saying rosemary like i i will lay out like here are the different options what do you like to read how do you like to read them this is my recommendation but here are the like different options you can choose instead of being like you need to read this this, and this
0: (laughs) my mom was very confused with secret history so i'm curious murphy because you haven't read secret history so i'm curious what you will think eventually to that if you'll be like i don't remember here (laughs) if they just hold up for this or not um because there's a lot of stuff Uh, there
3: yeah i mean with era one the main plot i remember really strongly because it is a series that really resonated with me it's actually the first fantasy series that i read as an adult and it was the series that convinced me oh i think i love fantasy when i thought i hated it nice so Mm -hmm. yeah big fan of it big fan of it i've read it through twice but again a long time ago so it's stuck with me really well but as far as like the little details that sanderson likes to you know stick in his stories no i can't imagine i have remembered it all
0: I don't yes. think you need to remember that much to be honest like it, it does
2: yeah Secret history fills in some gaps of what was happening like there there are some underlying questions on what happened in era one particularly things that happened in hero of ages that don't get 100 percent explained because they can't without revealing a whole lot more and that's yeah. what secret history does. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So we we talked a bit about Alloy. What did you think of Shadows, Murphy?
3: Shadows was my jam. Oh, I loved it so much. I mean, so Era 1, book 2 is my favorite. Tensoon was my favorite, was my favorite character. Of ascension of of favorite of the entire. Of yes. Yes. Actually, that's my standard for Sanderson, it seems. Of the three series of his that I've read, book two has been my favorite. Um, always get Rhythm of War and Words of Radiance mixed up. It's Words of Radiance. I mean, Words of Radiance is my favorite. I know. It's because I see the abbreviation yeah, in my Yeah, exactly.
0: Head, yep.
4: And then I'm
3: like, which order? <laughs> yep. Anyway. Book two of Stormlight was my favorite. Book two of Era One, book two of Era Three. I just like his book twos, except that's not going to be the case for Skyward because I did like Skyward better than Starsight.
1: But (laughs) that's because it's better than (laughs) Starsight.
3: oh but people will fight you on that one of my friends he's like oh, no, no one will ever me. say that but you but anyway
1: um there people could like what they like i i just have very strong preferences best. in the stuff like uh, in the Skyward series <laughs> yes. and uh, oh, it's man. book one book one wait. is the best book <laughs> i can't Yuck. wait to read book three and see how that all falls
3: but anyway um yeah book two just seems to be the pattern for me with Sanderson, but like the Chandra are some of the most fascinating characters that Sanderson has created, in my opinion. Ten was my favorite character in all of Era One. So getting to see him again, getting to learn more about the Chandra, getting to see how they developed and how they've changed their system and what they've learned of how to evolve over these years. Um I loved that little, that little moment we got with Sazed where he was, explaining his role as god as god and how like he's loved his people too much he's protected them too much so now they haven't developed the radio fast enough and you know it's it's causing them difficulties which we had a similar conversation in book 3 and I love that kind of stuff like book 2 and then the whole lessey reveal like book 2 was just
0: full of so many good things uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I remember listening uh, to your alloy review Murphy and you're mm-hmm. like I don't like Le- that well, like, Lessie fridgy. was frigid. Yeah, and and, yeah. and I'm I'm like holding my tongue because I'm going to chat. I'm like... <laughs> I know. I remember I, your message
3: <laughs> and you were like, technically, I guess. You're I, right. I, I agree that she's fridged,
0: that she is fridged but for you didn't find out and uh, <laughs> it, Shadows really helps recontextualize that whole yeah, stuff. It totally yeah. did.
3: It totally did. And it, I mean, it's not like it ruined the book for me. I mean, some of my favorite books have fridgings, so it's like, it's not the end of the world or anything. I just like, and I still stand by, like, I think that we should have spent more time with Lessie before we killed her in the prologue. Because, like, mm-hmm. what do I care? I don't know True. her. She got two quippy yeah. lines and then she died. <laughs> you know? Like, mean, yeah. Right. And then, and then Wax's entire character depth comes from sad boy wife dead. And I'm just like, I don't care about her, though. You know? <laughs> so-
0: to, to be fair, that's a good <laughs> character description for really Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> he, so did, he general, got to do it twice. No,
1: it can't, it can't be the good description for the next book, though, because that oh, that's has true. more implications. Oh, yeah, that would be bad.
0: Don't, don't shoot no, your wife No against, hurting uh, Starris. No
2: hurting no I'd be oh. so mad. I mean, at this point, I think it, not just Wax, but Sanderson has killed two damn many wives. Starris needs to be protected at all costs. <laughs>
1: okay. He does lean into- Look, at least she's got a name and isn't yet a mother. She can't be in the dead nameless mother club. There's a lot of dead
0: nameless mother club. Right, right, right.
3: Well, I mean, Lessie technically can't fit into that either because she was
0: a mother.
3: But anyway, the reveal, it was great. I still still think that we could have gotten more time with her before she died to make it more impactful in book one. But... It was a great reveal and then the fact that she had to eric you heartless man had to die in the arms of her of wax again <laughs> oh, it's so good what is wrong with Wait, you? you no rather no no she i love the pain alone? No, I'm saying Eric, you heartless man, because he laughed at that scene. He loves that
0: scene. Well, no, it it, it is very affecting. But like when I look back at it, it's like, man, I love when characters suffer and wax is just (laughs) devastated. And like just (laughs) seeing him, especially like when you read bands and he's just so angry at Harmony. Right. Like just Mm -hmm. furious. I'm like, I love Uh, it. It's so good. Yeah.
1: That was such But that a conversation with Cezad at the end of Bands where mm-hmm. Cezad basically asked the question that was just asked now, It's like, well, would you have preferred that someone else kill her mm-hmm. or that she die <laughs> alone if you really had to make the choice? Would you have put that into someone else's hands? I was like, oh, Harmony asking uh, Wax the the hard questions that yeah. he knows the answers to I now." Know. And I
3: loved it. I loved that conversation. Oh, I, so, man, it was so good, so funny. Because even mm. in era one, I was like, "Sazed, it's cool," kind of annoying because he's really repetitive in his grief. But whatever. Like I yeah. was kind of hard on Sazed, and then mm. in, in era two, I'm like Sazed. Every scene with him, I love.
0: Yeah, well, because he's doing things that uh, when Hero of Ages, Brandon had a lot of difficulty revising Cezed's point of views because he felt like they were too repetitive and he was just wallowing in his grief. And so that's why he made him go through the religions. So it's so he had something to do. But I mean, he's Brandon's gotten so much better as a writer. Like he probably could write it a lot better now. Uh, And says it has plenty to do now because he's has so he has his fingers in everything so yeah. every scene is imagine, like oh it's great
3: yeah i imagine grief is hard to write anyway Yeah. because what do you do yeah. when you're in grief you just repeat yourself yeah. you just go back yeah. to the same stuff over and over again and try to process it this time a little bit mm-hmm. better so he wrote it honestly it just didn't it wasn't fun necessarily
1: to yeah. read no <laughs> for sure yeah it's like it's like writing mental illness and like I know that we've talked about this on other episodes as well and like trying to balance the doing it justice and writing it real but also this is still a book that you want people to read and enjoy and, and, enjoy it. and mm. you don't just want to drown them in Kaladin's depression mm. uh, as much as that does connect with people with depression because they're like wow that's what I have that's what it's like that doesn't make it fun to read for anyone so yeah there there does need to be that line and it's hard to find and sometimes doesn't really exist can i make a little interjection based off something that that murphy mentioned Just because it stuck in my mind, because I found this so funny. Uh, you're talking about Cezanne, um being like, oh, you guys haven't even developed the radio yet. And then in Bands of Morning, Kelly and sure has a radio, but I just find it so funny <laughs> that Wax is just like what is this magic talking box what is this thing it's a magical object guys we have a magical object and he's com- he's comparing okay. it to like the primer cube which is like an actual magical object in world and it's like no wax this is just technology moving forward <laughs> right i just i couldn't get past that scene when i read it uh like the other days so or it just stuck in my mind and i found it very very funny yeah.
0: Totally reasonable for him to think it's a magic talking box. That's crazy. Right. If you don't understand the
2: technology or aren't used Mm -hmm. to it. Yeah. Mm hmm. So, Uh, Wax has been a stick in the mud about tech for the whole series. (laughs) Uh,
0: Wax is a stick in the mud. and Period. (laughs) Period. (laughs) So, what were other people's favorite Era 2
4: book? Hands down, it's Bands of Mourning. Yeah, because not only is it of the three, it's the one I like the most. Like, alloy Westerns just aren't my jam. It was fine. It's, I, I like it more in retrospect because we have the later two books, but like Westerns, eh. uh, Shadows, like, is fun. The ending did make me mad when he killed Lessie. Again, but hands uh, <laughs> of Morning* because uh, like it's just like a fun Indiana Jones story. Yeah, *Missborn*, and it's also the first of Brandon's books I got to read ahead of time because <laughs> I wrote i wrote the um <laughs> review for it on Seventeenth shard so it's like oh i don't even so, i legit don't even remember that <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember anything that's i mean that's <laughs> true this is true <laughs> that's true but yeah like it's it's the first thing i read early so it's like it, <laughs> it, it will always have a fond part in my heart it was my favorite brandon book before we got rhythm of war which of course unseated it because it's rhythm of war and it's amazing but that's another podcast
0: <laughs> Ian really likes Navani, so he he's yeah, like Rhythm Navani's of War is the, the best, best on my book. So yeah.
2: Navani's amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: Rosemary, what uh, about you?
2: Y- you know, by all rights, it probably should be um should be Shadows or Bands, but Alloy of Law just has such a special place in my heart mm. for doing what it did to me. Um, is, I would not be I would not be writing now if that book hadn't just snapped my brain into i still don't know exactly what it was that happened but stories suddenly started pouring out of me and now i i've i've had my first story officially published now in in the jordan con anthology and i'm like trying to be grown-up real writer maybe someday (laughs) you know
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah that totally makes sense
2: i 43 so years far. old and i still don't feel like a grown-up but, yep. but yeah i mean it th- there but there are so many great moments in those other books i still i, I mean my favorite scene still is probably where chris shows up in oh in yes. bands because yep. that's just so clearly a, a giggle straight to the fans there where oh, she's yes. talking about about Uh, red shifting and blue shifting oh
0: yes so (laughs) murphy there's a mysterious woman who like shows up uh, with wax at the party and dances with him and asks him like cosmere stuff that's because that's a cosmere scholar who writes the ars arcanum
2: and and she's she's introduced in white sand um i don't know if you've read uh, any versions of white sand but she's yeah yeah. the the duchess chrysala is yeah mm, is who she's introduced to, and now she's just roaming around the Cosmere,
1: learning all the things. Yep. Mm-hmm. The White Sand Omnibus is coming out eventually, ish. Eventually, and is is looking pretty good. Probably worth waiting for that than like yeah. trying to source the current graphic uh, novels. I would
0: agree. Yes. Yeah.
1: So hmm. Jess, which
0: one is your favorite era two book?
1: so i think before my reread i would have probably tossed this up a little bit more between shadows and bands um also i there there is a bit of like sad amusement that like most of us are just being like yeah let's just put alloy to the side except for <laughs> rosemary Rosemary's like alloy is great and it's not bad it's not bad It's oh, not it's a bad just book. the other two i think is so much better um i think i'm gonna go with shadows just because my reread of bands this time i really struggled with the first half of that book like it was fine but i distinctly remember getting halfway through and i like said to eric it's like i'm not enjoying this Oh, no. Like, I, I'm not enjoying reading this. Uh, and then I hit the second half of the book, and, like, that's very, very good. So if I'm going off, like, a full book, I'd probably say Shadows. If I'm choosing just, like, off a half the book, I'd probably go Bands, maybe. But I, I'm not quite sure. Probably Shadows. I think overall I like Shadows. Uh, just a bit better. Um,
0: yeah. yeah. I, I am also, Shadows is my favorite of them. Like, Bands is very good. And I love that Brandon just made an Indiana Jones story. Like, that is excellent, because Indiana Jones is great and just make it Mistborn and make it totally fit and feel natural. Love that, that is fantastic. Oh, uh, but give me some dark thriller, uh, tightly plotted action. I am so into that. I love that. I love Palm in Shadows of Self. She is such a great villain, and she's the governor the entire book. Literally the entire book. She that's is the governor. It, it, mm-hmm. I still don't understand how she actually got uh the governor's bodyguard, but that that's another whole thing. Uh, to, like, be in board with her plan. But Palm is amazing, and I love her so much. And as I was rereading that, I was basically just taking notes on, like, Palm did this, and then Palm did this, and was here. And I, I, I was like, wait, was Palm? No, she was the governor at the party. I was like, yeah, no, she definitely was. But I had, like, forgotten. Anyway, so yeah. I just love the the much more darker feel so I guess I can see why people coming from Alloy, like you already have somewhat of a uh, tonal shift from era one to era two, right?
1: And then and, there's another one. <laughs> kind like of, going from the dark Alloy direction. to Shadows. Yeah, but, uh, but give while me that. Keeping
3: the lighthearted feel still. that's What's great about Shadows is it does both. It yeah. It's still campy, it's still lighthearted, it's still buddy cop, but it's also you know, the depth that Sanderson tends to put into his books as well. Yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. It's like the, the uniting thing of era too, is like they're all pulp adventures. It's yeah. like different genres of pulp. Yeah. Mm, so it's okay. like, so, which is like such an ingenious idea of like, there's yeah. still this each book can be his own thing, like a Western a oh. thriller, Indiana Jones. Who knows what book th- four is <laughs> gonna be? I know. Yeah. What? I have
1: no idea. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the interesting thing I find about era two is, um, like, it is that much more lighthearted feel, and like y- you read it, and like the there are dark things that happen, but they never like feel dark from the way it's written. But I also, I just, I remember the first time I reread Alloy and there's the party scene and like Wax goes all gung-ho and like literally kills like 40 people and i got to the <laughs> end of it and i was like there was so much bloodshed in this scene and it is just been written in a way that it just like yeah oh yeah away over my head and just I, another I didn't, day didn't really take in it uh take any of it in but the other thing is um at least for me i think that era 2 has one of the like most horrifying darkest plot villain points out of the entire Cosmere with the uh, kidnapped women and effectively yeah. turning it into a breeding program. Like to me, that that is like Yikes. that just skyrocks, skyrockets my list like all the way to number one of this is the most horrifying thing I can think of. And it is it, and it's in this light-hearted happy girl lucky campy series.
2: Well, I mean, and it gets even darker when you re- when you start thinking about the fact that they've been messing around with heme allergy. So what are they doing yeah. with those Alamancy mm-hmm. babies?
1: Uh,
0: presumably uh, Telson and others got powers from them, I would assume. Yeah. Right.
1: I Yikes. could have done without that image. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah You're same. welcome.
3: That's that's kind of how I'm <laughs> reacting in my head, too. Yeah, I'm like, just, just don't think about that. You don't have to think about that.
1: Yep. <laughs> uh, think yeah. about the good things in the world. <laughs>
3: Which I do love that, you know, I read a lot of my preferred type of fantasy is it digs into the the darker themes Um, and I love the way Sanderson handles his darker themes that he's Mm -hmm. like I'm gonna put it out there and you can do with it what you want to instead of Mm -hmm. like I'm gonna show you every detail we're gonna roll around in it for a while you know I read authors like that and I just don't appreciate that level of storytelling I like the nuance I like that Sanderson can make his worlds dark without needing to make us revel in the darkness Mm -hmm. he can just build Mm -hmm. from it And Era 2, he takes it to a whole nother level where he's like, it's funny. It's in the background, though.
0: (laughs) And, And like in Shadows, there is a lot of violence and horrible things Palm did but our characters were not like doing pages and pages of it it's just like wow that is really horrifying and
3: well in bands too yeah yeah that's true we walk up on alec in a pretty dark
0: oh yeah okay yeah that's true yeah that that's
1: really bad yeah yeah
4: Alec screwed me up when he first got introduced because i had relatively recently i think watched um full metal alchemist brotherhood vaguely so like when it was like this weird like animalistic form that started talking i'm like nope nope i can't deal with this <laughs> like, mm. and then it's like okay he's just a person okay i i i i'm good has Which done like, really well
0: and
1: doing the mask. Yeah. yeah also the uh like the the background ambience that you were talking about eric and shadows Self, yeah. um where it is like this the protests and like i Love the description at the very end when wax gets to the bridge and he's like i look out on one side and there's just perfect darkness and i look out on the other and the city is burning and like that i kind of forgot how prominent that was through the entire book and like i think it's built really well to get to that climax at the end and like it does put that unrest underneath but there's a lot of anger in the background all the way through that book. Yeah. And it's touched on briefly in bands, just not to the same extent, but instead of within Eelendell, it's between Eelendell and the outer parts of the basin. I, God, I can't wait for the next book because, Brandon, please deliver on this civil war you keep yeah, that. that, that could I guess. I well want to see more war. There, there could well be. <laughs> that could
0: be the backdrop
1: for yeah. Lost
0: Metal.
3: I mean, he loves his magical mm. combat, so I feel like we can check
0: yeah. he, he really <laughs> enjoys that.
1: Yeah, he, He's brought it up enough that I think if he didn't include it to some extent in the next book, it would feel very much like a drop thread because yeah. he set it up like a promise. And yeah. even in the end, like they go in on the airship, they're like, "Well, we're deliberately doing it this way because then it sends a message that you don't want to like screw with Elendel if you're an outer city. Because mm. hey, we just had this giant warship come in, drop off our most famous Alamancer, and then fly away. <laughs> yeah. So maybe don't mess with us. So good. totally so huh? like, even like it was all the way through to the end of the book that he was seeding that there was yeah. this unrest." between the cities um and then yeah of course shadows is within the city but god i love that that background ambience and like that rising of tensions and shadows i just thought oh. it was done so perfectly
0: i felt so tense rereading shadows just the, the whole way it's and i just don't feel that in bands even though like like the airship's crazy and then mm-hmm. i just go through the la- Last half of the book, and I'm like, "What is happening? What is going on? This is insane!" Yeah. Uh, but I don't feel like uh, bands, that's tense. Yeah,
3: yeah. Bands does feel more like an adventure and less mm. like a thriller. So yeah, yeah. no, I, I understand that. I do think that there were definitely very tense moments in bands, though.
0: Yeah. What mm-hmm. did What did you think of bands? Because I have. I haven't seen your review your your review is on your channel right now by the time this comes out
3: is I it think. okay cool um yeah no i loved it i am a huge indiana jones fan i grew up watching the movies and i loved like there are so many things that are just directly you know the like an a intense chase on top of a moving train. Yeah, and, exactly. and, you know, like a bunch of booby traps that we have to go through and try in to temple, know, get to ancient the ancient temple. Yeah. In the ancient temple, as we're trying to get to the ancient artifact. Like, it's just, <laughs> it was so Indiana Jones. I mean, I read that on the back of the cover and I'm like, okay, sure, why not? But, like, it was so Indiana Jones. <laughs> it really and it was so fun. And, I I'm weird in that I typically don't care for a super fast-paced, action-packed plot. I really like the more like subtle, nuanced tension, like Shadows was. Um, so typically I'd be like, eh, the plot was fine. But which is kind of how I came away with Alloy, where it's like, yeah, boom, bang, lots of fun things, but like <laughs> uh, you know, it's just not my taste. It's just not yeah. my thing. But bands. It was so much fun. Um, I do. Actually, there were a couple of things about the ending. Like, I was like, okay, Shadows, band, same thing. Love them both. Not same thing, but, you know, same feelings. I love them both. They're amazing. But there were a couple of things about the ending that I was like, ah, that didn't hit me just right. So oh, it really? Ended up, yeah, dipping a little bit below Shadows. What, what, but, which, like, okay.
0: <laughs> which things? So, I must know.
3: It's a sister reveal. Yeah? So, I typically adore sanderson's reveals because he loves to hide things in plain sight and he gives you a million clues right in front of your face but he just throws so much information at you that you don't connect it until he reveals it and then it's like oh it was all there it was all there Yep, didn't get that this time i don't know what it was about it but the second she's mentioned and we find out she's kidnapped i'm like i wonder if it's going to be one of those where it's like oh we go to save the person but the person was going to betray us the whole time they orchestrated the whole thing like i've read this I, and I, was, I kind of guessed it and then whenever we met her it was like oh it was easy we got her out easily and then suit shows up and he trusts us easily like leaves his people behind calls off like it just so many things that i was just like yep 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 and so when the reveal happened i'm like Sure. Like it didn't hit me. Sure. Mm -hmm. And that's not something that Sanderson did wrong. Just for whatever reason, I called this one and I almost never called them. So his reveals are always like, yes, that was amazing. And this time I was like, "Hey." so it didn't hit me like the reveals of book two hit me. And I didn't love Wax's resurrection. I. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I am not a huge fan of fake-out deaths and resurrections anyway, Uh (laughs) and Sanderson really loves those tropes. (laughs) And sometimes they hit me just right. Like, Leslie's fake-out death was so good. It got me. I didn't know she was a conjurer the whole time. I didn't know that she didn't actually die that time. Then she died again for real in his arms. It was like, oh, 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 so good, so good. This one, it's like, dies. And I'm like, okay, well, I know there's one more book. (laughs) looking around at all the other characters and Sanderson has not set up any of these characters to carry an entire book as the main character. So like I'm looking around and I'm like, there's no setup here. So, you know what's going to happen. And his death wasn't even, it's not even like other resurrections or fake out adverts where it's like, they're gone for a long time and then the reveal is like, oh, there's things, you know, it's like, we do this? You know? Except for just that awesome scene with Seized and that really getting to show off the magic really cool. Like, yeah, there's yeah. cool things, but it was just like...
0: That feels it. like the main reason for it, just to have that scene mm-hmm. with Seized, which, like, I love that scene, but oh, I can yeah. see I why people scene. wouldn't like uh, another fake-out death from print. Yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah! yeah! And, like, even Milan's kind of fake-out was like, cool, I'm down with this, but... I don't know the wax one didn't hit me just right so like they're not huge deals or anything it's just that i mean the ending was still great with like the kelsey reveal and with all the implications of the magic and you know so many great things still happened with the ending but there were just two really mixed scenes and hit me just right yeah. so it made it just a little bit lower than shadows but i still loved the book
1: I think the... um, Because my uh, tolerance for fake-out death scenes has definitely (laughs) uh, disappeared uh, the longer I read. But when I first read bands, then I I was much more okay with them. But I definitely agree with you on the wax fake-out death compared to, like, the Lassie one. And for me, it's the... It's both the timing, like, if you immediately reverse it, then what was the point of doing this, except having a cliffhanger, um, <laughs> yeah. for the sake of a cliffhanger, uh, but also, if there is an easy explanation as to why it works, then I'm fine with it, so, like, with Leslie, it's like, she was a Chandra, that is a easy explanation, once you know that, as to why this didn't happen. Whereas I think like there is an explanation for how it works with wax when you get deep into the mechanics of the magic and look at the things technically and start looking at romantics. And this is the point where uh, like the woman with the, the math symbols around her comes onto my head <laughs> oh, because I'm like, this is way over the top of my head. Like you can you can explain it. But if you have to go into that much detail to, like, twist yourself in a knot to explain how it works, so technically it works, then I, as a non-realmatics like realmatics technical reader that way, am I- not generally pleased with it. Um, so I-, I kind of have the same thing. I was like, well... It says he died, but he's obviously not dead yeah. because this is at the end of this book and it is not the end of the series. So I just kind of accepted it at the time and didn't mind. I think if I reread Bands Now for the first time, I would be much more annoyed at it. But yeah, I think the Palm, uh, Lassie death made a lot more sense um, and worked much better because of how easy the explanation was and the time um, in between. And the fact that when you find out who she is, like, there's a reason for that. It's not like she just pops back up one day. Like, we have everything in the book. And then that brutal, hot, wrenching twist at the end is actually, no, it's a character that you do actually know already. So slight topic change from Deaths, but Uh I'm interested
4: to see... What did you think of the reveal of the Southern Scadrians and their like oh, yes. mechanical allomancy Because mm. like those of us that were super involved with fandom have known about that they exist for a decade. since era one. Yeah, because like and wrote about it in the annotations. It's like so, oh, so, there's like, I'm always there. interested. Yeah, I'm I'm always interested in like what like unspoiled people like what their reaction to that reveal. Yeah. Alex
3: people, just yeah. to be clear, yep. mm-hmm. yeah,
2: yeah.
3: Um, I guess as far as the reveal of the mechanics of it, I didn't like, I just went with it easily because it, as much as, you know, I'm not a mechanics geek at all when it comes to this mm-hmm. sort of thing. So for me, as much as I could wrap my head around it, I was like, yeah, this seems to work just fine. And I was more focused on like his culture and, yeah. you know, why he's cool with lifting his mask sometimes and how he would portray emotion through hand gestures and stuff like, like that is the stuff that I was really focused on and interested in more than the mechanic side of it. Um, so like the reveal, I don't know, it, it it flowed really naturally for me and it it worked mm-hmm. for me as far as I know it, but I also know that don't understand everything about this world so i wouldn't even question it if i didn't understand it you know
0: yeah mm-hmm. honestly yeah. we don't know the full details of what's going yeah, on no. with the, yeah. the medallions and things but just mm-hmm. seeing I still question everything
1: yeah yeah
0: still like oh a totally other set of people like oh it's so oh, cool and oh, yeah. like the culture yeah. is yeah. very interesting
3: yes yes, yes that's and the thing like, is it's
4: totally like unrelated to what we've seen it's like yes. it's like you If you've just read the books, like you have no idea that they're out there. So, like, when they first show up, it's like, what is going on here? Yeah. So it's, well,
3: it's I latched cool. on to Alec really quickly anyway, because, which I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but I, don't know. I latched on to him really quickly. No, I say it. <laughs> OK, cool. <laughs> um, just because, well, first of all, the way we're introduced to him is just devastating and like knowing what his internal struggle is. But then also he's so funny with the way he does these backhanded insults with how he addresses people. Yep. Like I said, his culture is so fascinating to me and like, give me an interesting culture introduced. And I'm just like, give me more. Give mm-hmm. me more. And I think we're going to get a lot more. I think in we have to. Yeah. So I'm so yeah. excited for that. I want to understand their, their beliefs and their habits and their mannerisms much, much more. And I think that the magical side of it is interesting, but I'm just so much more focused mm-hmm. on the
1: culture side of it. That's fair. I'm really interested to see more of uh Alex culture in the next book as well and hopefully other southern cultures as well because what I've noticed that Brandon's done more and more uh and not to touch too much on other books is make cultures and peoples who don't express emotion in the same way that uh the majority of like the real world does so like we've we've got the 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 singers in uh Stormlight, we've got the, the Dions and the other aliens in um, Skyward. And I think this has all kind of been more practice for Brandon to build on, to do more with the the Southern Skatering cultures in the next book, because they have these masks. They do communicate differently. Like they do communicate emotions differently. And I just noticed um, rereading Bands that there's a point that, I think Alec does something with his hands and who, whoever is the POV uh, notes that it might be his way of conveying an emotion. I'm like, ah, oh, where have I seen that before? <sighs> yeah, yeah, so, So, yeah. And like, I'm just so fascinated that the thing with his mask and like he raises it sometimes and then he doesn't. But then his captain is disapproving when he does. And I'm like, oh, please tell me why.
3: I know. Like, What's going on here? Yes. Yes. And I think Sanderson is really good at creating distinct cultures that their their beliefs, their ideals, their uh, natures and mannerisms are all structured around themselves, not in relation to the rest of the world. And I eat yeah. that stuff up. I eat that stuff up. So I'm just so excited to get to know his more.
0: And there's all and that's only one of the five southern like clans. So like there's there's so four excited. others. I don't know how much we're gonna get in the next book, but uh hopefully more. Hopefully. It's gonna be fun. So Murphy, favorite character, era two. Let's let's talk characters yeah
3: that's easy stairs i do love wayne a lot more than you do
2: how do you guys feel about wayne i know
0: how Oh, I okay so.
2: how do you guys feel
0: about oh wayne? boy i
1: i love why do we want to
2: I love Wayne and also it. want to smack him upside the head sometimes because he is ah. also super self-centered in a lot of ways. <laughs> um, and, and, and there was a piece from your uh, review of of Shadows where I I wanted to, to offer a counterpoint because you're talking about the, the scene where he goes in and, you know, delivers the money to the girl. Ah. And... Uh, a- and at first blush, that seems like, uh, Wayne, you're torturing yourself. You think you deserve it, but and you're doing all this stuff. But when you really dig down into it, though, what he's doing is super selfish, because he is every month going in there and essentially re-traumatizing this girl whose father he killed, because he thinks he needs to torture himself, but he's never thinking about what it does to her and and whether or not she has the right to not see him because she doesn't want to and you know she has all this underlying trauma and it's just you, you know i i adore wayne and i also just want to smack sense into the ban.
3: yeah yeah so i understand that perspective and can agree to it partially but he's also going in specifically to deliver money to help them since he's taken away their provider, and there are other ways each to get time. There, yeah. you're yeah. absolutely correct. I agree with that, but I also don't necessarily think it's entirely selfish because he is trying to provide for them when he's taken away their provider, and they are accepting it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Did she actually say like, "Don't come"?
2: Yeah, she, she, him to come. she has said multiple times that she doesn't want to see him and, okay and well then yeah and, I think your perspective yeah. is totally yeah totally fair uh, and um, and, like, I mean, it's it one of those things for, that didn't occur to me till other people pointed out to me yeah which, definitely but yeah. You, you know and it's just it's one of those things you go oh Wayne
0: yeah
1: yeah Funny, that was definitely no. me with Wayne like I like I quite enjoy reading Wayne. Like even rereading Wayne after like going through the online discourse and participating in it, I like I still enjoy reading him. Um, but I am much more aware now of the problematic scenes, and I do take a little bit of issue. I think with how Brandon has written some of these scenes, uh, particularly the the university one, the one with Renette, because I think he's Leaned a little bit too hard into just looking through the character's perspective because then it normalizes and makes some of this behavior uh, seem much more okay than I think it is. And like I didn't pick up on it the first time, even though like yeah. what Wayne does with Renette, like I dealt with as well, and it, it just didn't quite click to me because of exactly how it was written as. Oh this is okay. This is just like their their normal uh interactions and also just Wayne mistares. I legitimately did not actually pick up until the end of the book when Wax is like, "Please stop." That Wayne just legitimately hates Steris and was like deliberately being mean to her. Like I thought it was meant to be written in a their like sort of friends but enemies type of way and that was just incorrect. Um so, yeah, I, I think yeah. there are bits where it leans too much into we have to give just what their character is mm-hmm. going to see and experience without the particular, because some of it's from Wax's perspective. And Wax is just like, oh, Wayne's just like this. That's fine. I just accept it. Nothing wrong here. It's like, oh, there they could have been something there. That's like, maybe what he's doing isn't great, but. Yeah, Um, but otherwise, I do do enjoy reading Wayne. A different perspective on what you said,
3: but I want to hear from Ian first. What do you think of Wayne?
4: I I, I do have a couple of points because like Brandon has mentioned that like we should be concerned about Wayne. It's like he does do problematic things and like we shouldn't just be willy nilly like okay with everything he does because some of it really isn't good. But um, before I get into my thoughts, I want to touch on like his re- relationship with Steris, which is that I think we focus a lot on like Wax losing Lessie. Like, that's like the main crux, but like Wayne lost her too. Like, Wayne, like, Lessie was like his big sister. I think a lot of like his issues with Steris is that like Wayne is not over losing Lessie. So, like, the fact that he's seeing wax move on like he's like oh like that that's obviously fake like stairs is just like using him like wax doesn't care about care about her really because like i don't care about her and so it's like it's like wayne's like kind of projecting like his own opinions on like leslie's death and now like stairs getting involved onto wax
2: um and to be fair for a while he wasn't in wrong about the fact Mm. that wax was still struggling but in the end yeah
4: as for my own opinions of of wayne i he's fine in other people's viewpoints when we get into his head the scenes just tend to go on far too long like his whole like Scene at the beginning of Bands of Mourning, uh, where he, he goes on his wacky. I hijinks hate that up. scene so much.
1: It's one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> like, I, I really like we it. We could have cut it like
0: halfway through, yeah. and I would have been fine. Yeah, you it's could like, no. chop like, it in half, and you would lose nothing. I think. no,
3: I disagree. My my character <laughs> analyzing heart ate that scene up so much.
0: <laughs> it, it, there's just like a few too many wacky hijinks in that one. That's probably <laughs> similar to you Ian that's probably mm-hmm. the scene that I'm like ah. I do like the scene in shadows when it's like oh it's a church but it's actually a bar like that one's weird yeah. but like that works for me whereas the mm-hmm. scene at the beginning of bands like just like cut one or two of the weird hijinks and like I think it'd just be tighter like I just don't mm-hmm. think they're doing enough
1: just in uh, response to the stuff that Brandon said about yeah we should be worried about what Wayne's doing I'd very much agree with that. And I mm-hmm. like that Brandon has brought that up. I think a lot of my issue comes from the fact that I think Brandon's done too much to smooth it over in the book. So yeah. it's a lot that he's saying we should do this thing, but not showing that it's problematic in the book. Like that, mm-hmm. that's kind of uh, where it um, comes down to me. But yeah, I, I am glad that Brandon is very much on board with, yeah, no, what he's doing isn't great. And not that I really think Brandon. Wouldn't think that, but yeah, I just wish he had actually shown a bit more in the book that this is a problematic behavior. And I don't mm-hmm. really think any of the Wayne scenes do that. I think they just kind of show and accept that these things are okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am done. <laughs> I,
0: I know most people, I think, really enjoy Wayne, like looking at the YouTube comments. A lot of people really enjoy Wayne, and that is great. And you know what? Rereading Era 2, almost all of the scenes are really enjoyable. Like I, I was yeah. pleasantly surprised in rereading Alloy that I'm like, oh yeah, Wayne's really fun. Because I definitely, after reading it once, I was like, uh, I don't know, I could do with a little bit less Wayne. Uh, and so I, I kind of had that perspective. It's like, eh, I don't love Wayne. But then like rereading his stuff, it's like, oh, wow, that's really good. I just think Brandon enjoys Wayne a little bit more than I do. <laughs> so like that, that scene at the river and go, going through all those things, I'm like, oh.
2: He clearly has a lot of fun writing Wayne.
0: Yeah. Yes. So mm-hmm. that, that I think. Brandon finds Wayne a bit funnier than I do. So uh, he's not quite as funny to me, which makes some of the scenes not work. He is a very interesting character. uh, And uh, I'm quite interested to see how much Brandon's going to like close Wayne's character arc. Like there's so many different ways that like what what is he going to do with Wayne that is going to be very interesting? Uh, I could just just a little bit less wackiness would would be great for me but it's so it's very interesting murphy that you love that scene at the beginning of Bands with wayne
3: so much um i love it too yeah okay so lots of thoughts here when i'm reading wayne's scenes um i will have two reactions i'm either dissecting every every sentence he says and every little gesture he makes and like piecing it together in my Wayne file in my head of trying to understand this character a little bit better.
2: <laughs>
3: or I'm just writing dick on the page and moving on.
2: <laughs>
3: because I think that Wayne, I completely agree. Well, terribly problematic. But I guess the reason I love Wayne is specifically the reason that you have a hard time with him, Jess, is because mm. I love that sanderson doesn't insert morality on him true
1: oh yeah and um, i wouldn't want sanderson to actually change his character and like get rid of those things my issues are more in the way how brandon has written it um than the actual characterization what i love about him is that
3: i so i completely agree i would never (laughs) want to know wayne in real life i think that he's rude unnecessarily (laughs) like when um they were in bands when they're in that sweet old lady's shop and and wax is busting out windows and and milan is coming in and saying don't don't hurt the skulls in my bag and and then wayne (laughs) is saying terrible things to her so unnecessarily like oh yeah next time you uh cross-dress as a man you can use my shoe you've got the figure for it you look like a man and you know like stuff like that like that is so he i know that this man is emotionally intelligent enough to realize that what he said was so rude and unnecessarily so, but he's chosen to say it. And he has scenes like that where it's like, you know, you're being a dick and you've chosen to be a dick. And the way he treats women is so messed up. Terrible. Some of the comments that he makes to um, in book one, every scene with Renette, he's, it's terrible. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> he also has a lot of layers to him he can cut the tricks and he can cut the jokes and just have a really deep heart to heart with someone he can see when someone is struggling or when someone is hiding like in book three when he confronts Marcy on the train he's like you're hiding why and then they have a heart to heart and he talks to her about being in wax's shadow and stuff like that and um, like he has the whole scene that you guys don't like that. I adore where he's going through and essentially he's being Robin hood where he's like people who have more money, he's swindling them. And then the kids he's giving them food and he's passing out silverware that he stole from wax's wedding because it, it it'll be valuable to them when it was just trinkets to someone else. I love that about him. I think a character that is written to be deeply flawed, which Wayne absolutely is. And the author isn't putting morality on the scene for the reader to say, this is bad kids, don't be sexist. I love when an author lets readers interpret scenes themselves and interpret characters themselves. And I look at Wax and he's someone I would never want to know. And if I knew him in real life, I'd hate him. But as a reader, I love dissecting him. I love trying to understand him a little bit better and piece these little bitty clues of his character that we get together to try to see the hidden depths in him. I think he's the deepest character in the series. One of the most hateable ones, but so layered. And I love him for that. And I will also, I kind of said this and then didn't finish off. I agree with the interpretation that um, Wax way he treats Staris, while being wrong absolutely he's a jerk to her Um, I I think he's looking out for his pal like he sees that Wax is still hurting over Leslie that he's not over her at the beginning of bands he says this is a beautiful wedding this is what I wanted wrong woman standing in in the aisle and it's like no wonder Wayne didn't want his best friend to marry the wrong woman in Wax's words so i see him i see his antics and i see his hatred and everything as him being defensive over someone he loves because he sees someone he loves he he sees him marrying the wrong person and i i don't know
2: i think it's wrong but i get it and and it's telling it's telling that wax doesn't tell him to stop until wax is finally all in on the relationship that's Mm -hmm. i mean that is a that tells you a lot about where wax has been that he hasn't shut this down before and he's finally like no all right we're done this is happening and i'm okay with it
3: yes and i will say this to agree with you jess um about the way sanderson writes it there are scenes where i do wish he would have someone call Wayne out. Like there was a scene, I think, in book one where Wayne, yeah, it was book one, when Wayne said something terribly inappropriate to Marcy and then oh, Maracy, yeah. we were in her perspective and she just brushed it off and kept moving. And I wanted her to call him yeah. out. I wanted her to yell at him and nobody does that. And I'm fine with Wax not doing it because Wax is blind to his best friend's problems. yeah We have enough female characters, even Renette just kind of like playfully gets him to leave her alone and i want someone to put him in his place and that wouldn't be sanderson telling readers this is how you feel it would be characters responding
1: appropriately to someone being inappropriate Yeah. Mm-hmm. i do agree but, with that yeah well. it's the fact that renette doesn't really respond at all like that, renette, that that's the yeah. thing that i'm a bit confused about sometimes renette has has dealt with
2: wayne for so long that she <laughs> knows that nothing works i mean i can yikes. i can i can empathize <laughs> yeah, with yikes. Renette a lot because when i was in like junior high and high school i was the super unpopular kid i was the no, the, the dweeb that the popular guys would pretend to like just to just to torture me and you get to a point where you know that there's nothing you can do it's just going to happen and you just have to ride it out oh
0: yeah and
2: <laughs> and that's part of why Wayne can bother me cuz he just like he brings back these memories of back before I found my cool and uh, it's it, it, it it's hard to get through how he he treats yeah. Renette yeah
3: mm-hmm. There are certain scenes that he, especially in book one, that he would say things that was hard for me, too, because, you know, I've had terrible people say terrible things. And it's like, I don't want one of the main guys in the series that we love that's that's, you know, funny, that's lighthearted. I don't want him to also sexually harass people. I don't like that. But. Mm -hmm. I like how nuanced he is. It's just that I will never, I'll never like him as a person. I'll just love dissecting his character
1: and trying to understand him a a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Like him as a character. character, Yeah, Yeah, yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Wayne, something that I am very interested and excited to see what happens going forward is his relationship with guns and Mm -hmm. also just how the end of Bands may or may not affect his demeanor, because I don't know if uh, he necessarily can just, like, get up and brush off the fact that Wax died. Wayne was well aware of that and kind of went over the edge. Uh, and even though Wax is now alive, that doesn't suddenly undo all of the emotions and, like, spiraling mentality that he went into and yeah the the fact that he then shot Telson as well and like used guns after so long like how's that going to affect the next book like I'm so intrigued to see how that affects his his mindset or his actions going forward because I feel like that would have a Maybe not drastic, but like a big effect at least. Like I don't think it's something that's just going to be pushed off and not looked at as a yeah, consequence any further.
2: It's it's definitely going to be interesting to see how that goes because Wayne has throughout the book shown very clear signs of having severe PTSD from that incident <laughs> and how he relates to guns <laughs> and the fact that Wax died and he just punched through it. But I don't know that he was entirely as sane at that point is, is what I wanted yeah. to say. So is, yeah. is is he going to revert back to the he can't use guns anymore or is he going mm. to be in some middle ground of starting to try
1: to learn? Yeah. Um, I always wonder if there'll be like a bit more of a, a Dark Wayne vibe going forward. Nice. Because that like the that's what I got from that whole scene where he goes off to Telson and I was like, oh th- this is like the dark Wayne. <laughs> he 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 is like gone into the darkness. I think and that be, I, I'm that would be really interesting to explore.
3: Yeah. yeah it would get him away from, yeah, it, would from be. the slapstick a little yeah. bit and yeah. get him into. Yeah, yeah, that would be
1: really interesting. Absolutely. And I, it gives him a bit of a character arc to then finish off the series with as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that's awesome. I do like with
0: Wayne that yeah, because I think one critique Brandon has gotten, not so much recently, but just a, oh, he's a Mormon author. Everything's so clean. Like there, some people really like that. Some people like, ah, Brandon could, you know, do more with that. And so it's nice that Brandon has been branching out with characters who are rude and kind of unpleasant. Like I like that as an Mm -hmm. author. That's just, Having an interesting character who's not like, I'm a goody two shoes and that's, that's me. It's like, Wayne is certainly not that. And so I do like that kind of a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a very interesting character. And so I hearing about this, I'm like, wow, I'm really interested to see what Brandon does with Wayne in Lost Metal. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. He, yeah, he's not cool. I think people who hate him, I totally get it. But man, he's so interesting. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Like my favorite character type is one where you g- just get little pieces that you have to put together to really understand. Oh, I love that.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Wax. Not. I, I don't think we're going to nearly talk about Wax as much as we just did about Wayne, to be honest. Wax is... Wax. He, yeah. He's yeah. yeah. the straight yeah. man. He's the straight man. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Like, he just... There's not a lot of character to him. Like, I really liked his, like hatred against harmony in bands like that was mm-hmm. really good characterization that brandon didn't go over the top with but it's like when it was relevant wax is like no <laughs> like very strong so i thought that yeah. was good but mm-hmm. he, he's more of an investigator He his character is interesting like in bands and uh shadows mm-hmm. it was interesting but mm-hmm.
3: I describe him as a protagonist. I think he's yeah. a
1: protagonist. <laughs> his yeah. protagonist. a protagonist.
3: Textbook I think, protagonist. I think with mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> I think with Vin, I think with all of our POVs in Stormlight, it, with Spencer Sanderson's great does a great job of making a protagonist that is a very distinct character. But in this one, he created a protagonist.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I don't think it's a bad thing. It's just that mm-hmm. I don't have a lot to say about him.
2: I mean, with his like, many wow- other colorful characters are in these books
1: it's like you need wax to balance everybody else yeah that's very yeah. true yeah oh, like see i was gonna say the opposite uh, like I, I guess they both lack but like wax needs the other characters in these these books to make these books worth reading
2: or remember that brandon brandon created wayne first
1: mm-hmm. yeah he did yeah um, yeah like yeah, no. they definitely need each other like one of them and i think that comes up when people read the wayne chapters like uh, even if there are other people like some mm-hmm. of us are like oh yes another wayne chapter but yeah they need each other but out of the mm-hmm. two of them i would prefer i would prefer to read a wayne chapter than like a wax chapter <laughs> if there's yeah, like no other characters in it that we know like i just find wax by himself really dull I I I
4: like wax and it's like going off of Rosemary's like the original short story that eventually became out of law, it was Wayne on a horse that is actually a Kandra and it, <laughs> it failed because wax, uh, well, Wayne by himself can't carry a story.
3: That would not work.
4: Yeah. yeah. So it's like wax. Like, and I think it's interesting when like. Wax is very much the protagonist, like that that is what his character is. The fact that that is more or less unique in the cosmere like is kind of okay. It's like it's you're unique by not being unique,
3: yeah, I don't think there's <laughs> anything wrong with it i I agree. I don't think there's anything wrong with creating a protagonist protagonist every now and then yep. because he's not a bad protagonist. There's just
1: not that yep. much to talk to yep. and talk about him,
4: yeah. But and he, I, he works
1: really well for the stories that he's in. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And it's I, I, I'm going to bring us to that harmony scene in Bands of Mourning, mm-hmm. which is one of my absolute favorite scenes in the chapter. Yes. One of our co-hosts, Ben, absolutely hates it. And we do <gasps> not agree Why? at all. Well, I think he I think he might like the scene. He just doesn't agree with what Harmony did fundamentally where it's like i'm totally okay with what with what harmony did it's like yep makes total sense your explanation mm, checks out wax wouldn't have been okay with any other sequence of events dealing with leslie's death even like knowing like and it's not he couldn't even have been asked ahead of time because that would have altered his decisions because like the only way he could kill leslie is if he didn't know it was leslie and he couldn't let anyone else kill leslie and he couldn't let lissy live on in that state so it's just like there there was no other choice like yeah especially
3: considering free will like throw Mm -hmm. that into the mix too sure says it could have just harmony i should be saying harmony could just hijack the whole scene or hijack the whole book the story Mm -hmm. and say well this is all the best way to do it but if we incorporate free will then he has even tighter confines if he's going to allow his people to have that.
4: Yeah, love it. And, and my philosophy is harmony. Knowing what's going to happen, like knowing what choices you're going to make, doesn't mean you don't have free will. Yeah. And, and, and but the love the it. other major revelation that came out of that is Vax was so focused on like okay he made this choice between duty and adventure and he chose duty and like that's okay he's gonna do what he needs to do and harmony is just like no like it's just a different adventure it's so good and i think it's it's so good to read and it's i think it's good for wax that finally let that sink in it's like it's okay to like what you're doing like yes you're doing the thing you need to do but that's just its own adventure
2: And and then we pan out and see what's really happening, and
0: actually like, oh Oh, yeah, creepy red (laughs) smoke. Yikes! (laughs) Oh, it is so
3: good. I agree. Can we talk about Staris now?
0: Yeah. Let. Yes. 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 Let's talk about Staris.
3: I adore her. I loved so. I loved her from the first book. She was my favorite character from the very beginning and I was so mad at how little page time she had in book 1. <laughs> and then we got book 2 and I'm like, that was not much better. You're going to have to fix this. And he, book 3 was already written, but I was still speaking directly to Sanderson. <laughs>
0: yeah. He
1: knew. He I obviously knew, knew right? That he knew, it, it, yeah. He
3: could tell. Um yeah, I mean,
1: in the spiritual realm.
3: Yeah, her just yeah. her very um her very black and white way of viewing the world as well as her very um she, I want to say she's comfortable with who she is. She definitely does face insecurities and she definitely does have some turmoil, but she has accepted who she is as a person. She understands. I see the world differently. Social interaction is a little bit harder for me. I have adjusted and I have made it correct. And, you know, like I said, autism is something that runs in my family and I was I was raised by it. I was raised next to it. I know it. And um, I loved her characterization because i was just like i know you i know this personality type i know this very black and white clear cut but also just comfortable and this is the way i am so accept it or don't but i'm comfortable with it like ah i loved it so much and then as we get a little bit deeper into her as we see her um you know feeling joy out of searching through those ledgers and then wax molding to that and like this is weird but if this is what you love i'm gonna help you find the the missing uh dollars i think is what it translates Mm -hmm. to but you know seeing them start to bond and seeing him accept her as she is and not just accept but love her for who she is for how individual she is and um you know i don't get deep into my personal family life or anything but like i i really love his depiction of Staris, and i feel like feel like i saw a lot of what's familiar to me and i saw it painted in such a positive and accepting light and i just think that she's fascinating on her own but then with this being a subject that's close to me i'm just like ah, feels good it just felt really good to read her
0: yeah the romance between wax and Staris is really well done probably my favorite brandon romance of just like a nice slow burn and you're at the end of bands. And I'm like, I am super like, this is excellent. Like, I just think it's written really well.
2: I agree. Stairs is my precious cinnamon roll and she must be protected at all costs. Um, But I, I didn't grow up around it, but I do have close friends and family on the autism spectrum. I've got a nephew who's on it and um, several friends my husband might be undiagnosed on the spectrum so i'm used to dealing with it and i've got i've learned how to interface um there's there's a person who is sort of my unofficially adopted little sister whom i who who lived with us for a while and i got used to translating human to her and back again and she would like come to me and go this is what happened am i the And I'm like, no, (laughs) you have to to believe that. But that's literally what she would ask me. And I'd be like, no, so this is what's going on. And here are all the layers of what this person is hiding. She's just, why don't they just say it? (laughs) Because humans be weird, kid. And so going through all of that and learning how to interface with that helped me understand Staris very well from the beginning. And... Mm -hmm. And I just love her more and more the more she's there. And the the part where she's like four different, three or four different suitors sent her letters telling her all of her flaws, just listing them. I'm like, oh, no, (laughs) you just somebody give her a hug and a warm blanket because those guys were mean and i'm just so happy that she has wound up someplace that that makes her so happy and it just like i have all the warm fuzzies
1: i, I love rereading the ballroom scene in alloy of law knowing where wax and saris's relationship ends up because i I very much think brandon was like he's writing people to dislike steris in the first book like he's writing it that you should like marisai and like steris is the the foil and wax doesn't like Staris. wax doesn't want to be with her he's with her out of obligation but their banter it's just so clear to me reading it that the, this is like the fundamentals of where they end up and like if they had had that exact same banter in bands, like it would just have an entirely different tone to it. And I loved that so much. And you also mentioned the the scene where they're looking for the missing clips. I love that scene because up till this point, like the stairs has been slowly, uh, being drawn into wax as well like with her being kidnapped and finding out that she loves flying through the air she loves when wax takes him to the balcony of uh to the party instead of having to go up the the staircase and she's being immersed in his world but it hasn't really gone the other way mm-hmm. and like by that point like he does he does find her delightful he does like her by that point but there is still that That gap between them of like who she is and the world she lives in, and like Wax's involvement in it. So I love that his first impression of going into that, he's like, oh, yeah, okay, fine, I'll do this. Um, But like, I'm kind of doing it out of obligation. But when he does finally like get into looking for the clips with her, he is so into it, and his competitive side comes out. And like his investigator side comes out it's so good, and like you could really kind of see this like no, like you can exist in her world as well, like you both can exist in each other's world despite your differences and despite how this started and i like I think that's a very like good fundamental grounding scene to where it ends up later in the book, where they. Get married, and they both want it. And it's Mm -hmm. like you mentioned a couple of times, where it seems very clear that Steris wants it, not just for the contract anymore, but for uh, because she's in love with Wax, and like can always see Wax falling in love with her once he finally takes that step to meet her halfway. God, it's so good to watch. Yes, it's so good. I completely agree.
4: Yeah, and I did not acknowledge the amazingness that is Staris in Alloy. I I, I confess, like, I, she was like, okay, you're, like, the damsel in distress. Like, okay. Yeah, like, that's whatever. her role there. That's you're play that role. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but, like, in Shadows, it's like, it was definitely like, okay, like, she seems cool. Like, I, I'm starting to, to like her. And then, like, she just blows everything out of the park in in Ben's Morning. There are so many great like tiny little character moments is like in the ball like the party at Kelesina shores like where like he orders the lemon drink and it just mysteriously keeps b- being drunk when he's not paying oh. attention and it's like it- it's her and it's, but like she's not going to acknowledge it
3: and when she induces then- vomit
4: I was just going to mention it like she like she had like the bottle of Ipecac like in case like somebody was poisoned and she just downs it to create a distraction and she's like oh wait this might have been a mistake um (laughs) and and, like proceeds (laughs) to like
2: (laughs) Ipecac is trying to to strap the shotgun to her leg underneath her dress yeah yeah
4: Uh, but like not just like her um her interactions with Wax like (laughs) There's a conversation between Marassi and Staris, like when they're at the temple, and it's like, despite being sisters, like we don't. That's like the first time we actually see them interact one-on-one. They're not close and at all. Marassi has a line at the end where it's like, "Have you ever had your like fundamental view of a person utterly shattered?" Where she sees like what Staris like actually like why she likes wayne is like it's like mm-hmm. it's like she she has a line of like this is all exhilarating and marasi is just like but like you're you're steris like you shouldn't like this yeah mm-hmm. But we see just, pieces it,
3: of that through mm-hmm. i think all three of the books because we have very close pov of marasi throughout all three mm-hmm. of the books at least for sections of it and we see her look at her sister and think Uh, She just wants to do her pin needle. She's happy to sit in the corner. Like we see her perspective of her sister is totally wrong. Mm -hmm. And then that, yeah, when we get that heart to heart and when she finally gets to see her sister a little bit closer, just like we've been able to. Yeah, -hmm. it's such a great scene.
0: Yep. Mm -hmm. So I know, Murphy, you have to go pretty soon. So let's go through (laughs) Morassi really quick. And then we'll wrap. Rossi, what, what do you guys think?
2: And she she's an interesting character to follow through the series, just because mm-hmm. she knows things, and and then everything is turned on its head when she finally meets people, and she has a fairly unique perspective, and it's interesting to see from that. And sometimes it's helpful to the reader because she can be the she's often the the eyes through which things are explained, mm-hmm. um, and it. I'm looking forward to seeing her relationship develop with Alec. Yes. Because, yes. So cute. But,
4: <laughs> <laughs> really cute. Um, I, Marasi is a great character, but I also like that she isn't the love interest. Yes. Because, like, going in Alive she is the expected love interest. It's like, oh, like, he has an arranged marriage with the one sister, but like, he actually has a connection with the other sister and that's who he's gonna end up with and that like he just shuts that down like yeah no and like Morassi does have the crush on him and then she gets over it and it's like really okay, good character Moran, development. yeah mm-hmm. but also like seeing Morassi step into her own like she has learned from the great law keepers of the past she's going to do it her way with yeah. statistics
1: <laughs> yeah i love marisai so much uh she's she, probably my favorite character in the entire era of two uh and it's exactly for the reasons that you just said in like she has such a good character arc and character development mm-hmm. of like her like her paralleling wax and then they diverge and she just grows up so much and going from book one through to the end of book three like she has become her own person she now can see the problems that wax brings with the way he acts and doesn't want to act like him anymore but still Mm -hmm. wants to be in law still wants to do things and make things better but has a different way about it and just the scene where she's holding the bands of mourning Mm -hmm. and then she finally accepts this isn't what i want i'll give it to the person who does want to act like this i have literal chills talking about this um, uh, like i thought that was such a great culmination of her journey in comparison to wax and yeah. like how she has become so independent and found her own way and found her voice and her like, her confidence as well compared to the first work where she was still confident but like in the shadows and now she's she is out there doing what she loves, doing what she wants, and she won't let people get in her way, but she doesn't want to just throw people around. And she's yeah. acknowledged that. And I love her so much.
0: <laughs> yeah, Murphy, what do you think?
1: Um,
3: I don't think I have a ton to add. Marisy is the way to pronounce it. Sure. FYI. I'm just kidding. Yeah, i have no that's idea. Do Yeah, that's fine. No, that's fine. That, that <laughs> is the graphic audio gonna... <laughs> pronunciation.
0: Sure. Okay,
3: cool. Cool. Um, I think I did listen to the first book um, on audio. So that's probably why I picked that up. Mm. Um, but anyway, is, is a character that I don't personally connect with, um, but that I recognize has a great She's had some amazing development from her, you know, obsession of studying wax and studying others. And then I really like in scenes, I think this was in book one, in scenes where she's in like a high intense situation, like when she got to her head and we're in her head <clears throat> and we hear her, you know, go through the different variables in her head. Like if I do this, then this will happen. If I do that, then that. And they like she we get to see her reason her way through things. And make a decision based off of that. But then other times we see her say statistically it shut up. It doesn't matter. Like I I (laughs) love seeing her react differently to different situations and kind of break away from the tight confines she had herself into and find her own way. So I don't don't have a lot to add. She's not a character that I personally connect with, but she is a character that I think is well-written and that I do like seeing how she's changed through these three books.
0: Awesome, like
2: quoting statistics is her way of handling stress,
0: yeah, kind <laughs> yeah. of, yeah. yeah. well, we are out of time. so, Murphy, any final thoughts?
3: uh Air two is great. It's not the same. Mm-hmm. And I do like Air one more. but air two is really good read. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Any other fa- book four Yeah, I'm very excited. yeah, so excited for oh, yeah. mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. gonna be great. Mm-hmm. Finally any other final thoughts anyone
4: just glad to have murphy on the show yes yeah it's great. been great. lovely to yeah, have it's you been Hope-
0: fun. good give this some real star power yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah curious thank you so much for coming uh you can find us on 17 shardcom for all your news discussion theories and fun that you could ever want you can uh find us on uh facebook twitter soundcloud youtube you can subscribe and you can uh support us on patreon if you want, and we'll see you all next time.
4: Bye.
2: Bye. 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 Call.